the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Let's talk money. Let's talk uh, getting into retirement. Let's talk how much you need, when you'll need it. I think a lot of people are in denial about topics like this. You have to have a slight want, desire to follow business stories, to kind of start learning a little bit here, a little bit there about how you're going to invest for the long term. For instance, tomorrow, tonight, tomorrow, I'll call all reports. And in the next couple of days, I'll listen to the conference call and I'll talk to you about it. Dow component Alcoa is nice. But for me, I really care more about what the CEO has to say. Alcoa is everywhere. It's a big company that does a lot of products around the world. So what their CEO says about the world will help me. Bank of America reached a $10 billion settlement with Fannie Mae on outstanding mortgage claims that goes back to countrywide credit. That's amazing. What's amazing about it to me is here Bank of America sits at a 52-week high, where this is something you have to, again, start changing the way you think of things. You go, $10 billion settlement. Roll, 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 roll. And here it's at a 52-week high. Bank of America announced roughly $11.6 billion in settlements with mortgage finance company Fannie Mae and a $1.8 billion sale of collection rights on home loans in a series of deals meant to help the bank move past disastrous 2008 purchase of Countrywide Financial. Bank of America is paying $3.6 billion to Fannie Mae and buying back $6.6 Now, again, you would think when you hear that kind of number, it's like, how can they survive? And that's exactly America. I'm not telling you to get about in Bank of America. Maybe you say, that one's too hot for me. Maybe you own... Country, uh, not country, excuse me, Wells Fargo. Maybe you own Regions Financial. Maybe you own an exchange-traded fund of financial stocks. I believe financials will lead the market this year. I don't think I'm alone in that belief. If you take a look at earnings this fourth quarter, SP 500 companies are expected to grow an average 2.9%. If you exclude financials, its earnings increase just one-half of 1%. So financials can be where the earnings are. You know, in the 1950s, during spring breaks, women would go to the beaches where the boys are. 
Boys wanted to go surf. Girls wanted to be my boys. Girls would go to the beach. Go to where the boys are. I know you're saying, did you just make that up? I might have. I'm not really quite sure where boys or girls were in the 1950s, having not been around. But I've heard. Humana is a big stock to watch today. The health insurer says it expects 2013 sales for Medicare Advantage plans to be slightly higher than previously expected. U.S. airway pilots are backing a labor proposal made by the pilots of American Airlines. The proposal details how the two unions will be integrated when a proposed merger between two carriers comes to fruition. A merger is now a reality, waiting to happen. Flowers Foods and Mexico's Grupo Bimbo reportedly in discussions to buy pieces of Hostess Bread business. Bankrupt company is in the process of shopping things like Wonder Bread, Nature's Pride, Home Pride, Butternut. That could bring in $350 million. Lionsgate scored a victory at the box office over the weekend with its Texas Chainsaw 3D taking the number one spot at the movie box office. What's interesting to note about the business lessons of horror films, and I know you're saying, no, you're not going to go there. Sure I am. Is that horror films cost very little to make. You know, the actors and actresses that they get, they're not making big bucks. And uh, there's an audience of screaming teenagers who want to go see it. So in the day and age where there's a Trilogy of the Hobbit or the Hobbit Trilogy or Trilogy of the Rings or Legacy of the Rings or Curse of the Hobbit. People are still wanting to say, I want a good cheap scare. Number one movie at the box office this weekend. Citigroup, they're due today to submit a capital plan. And for the record, Lionsgate also has that little bow and arrow movie that's out. The Hunting Games or the hunt, the, the Hunger Games. The Hungry Hunter Games. That one. So Citigroup, oh, Lionsgate also, Mad Men, took us a LGF. Oh, Lionsgate also, that zombie show. They need to come out with a remake of the 70s zombie show. Citigroup's due to submit a capital plan to the Federal Reserve today. The Wall Street Journal has reported that Citi will ask for approval to buy back shares, although not to raise its dividend. Citi CEO Michael Corbett has been meeting with regulators in attempt to improve the bank's relationship with them. Citigroup's rocking and rolling. That's good news. As an investor, that's woohoo. You with me? Because you're either with me or you're against me. You need to choose a side. War of business. This is a civil war. You must ignore all the other noise that's out there. Commit to two hours a day, five days a week, 10 hour club. And then on occasion, come meet me in person. We'll, we'll review what you learned. The cheap money era may be coming to an end. The era of increasingly cheap money that fueled the housing recovery and record home lending profits is showing some signs of ending in the mortgage bond market. You saw the 10-year treasury make a big move up last week. And that would be a big test for the housing market. I know a lot of people think housing is the best investment they ever made. No, housing is the best liability you ever got involved with because of the tax advantages and the ability to pay yourself um, rent. No one really expects mortgage rates to skyrocket, but rising borrowing costs may spoil the party for lenders that profit more than 20% jump in mortgage originations last year. So as interest rates tick up, 30-year fix is now a month ago was at 3.4%. Now it's at 3.54%. 15-year uh, is basically stayed the same. 
but the longer term starting to explode on the upside. Your ability to pay a monthly payment is more important than your ability than what the price of the house is. You and your sugar booger go, let's go buy a house. And you're like, okay, let's see what we can afford. I make 8000 a month, so maybe 2500 a month is what I could afford. And then you start figuring out, okay, how much house is that? You don't start by going like, well, I like a three-bedroom, two-house, three-bedroom, two-bath, new kitchen, right next to work. You start figuring out what your mortgage payment can be. And as interest rates go higher, your ability to pay that monthly payment goes lower. This much, much more on today's show. If you listen to me, Rob Black, the show is Rob Black and your money. Don't be shy. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. My handle is Rob Black Show. You can find me on Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black, or Facebook fan page, Kron, K-R-O-N, for Rob Black. Let's take a little bit of a break here. Say that you can call the show 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. KDOW Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So, it's me, Rob Black, your host. The host with the most. Rob Black and your money. This weekend, um, I'm a do-it-yourselfer kind of guy. I took out a stump uh, in the driveway and ground it up and then decided I was going to pour my first cement ever. Never poured cement. Let's just put it this way. By the end of the day, I was sore. Very, very sore. You lift 80-pound bags, you know, what, 15 of them? Good six-by-six six hole. And uh, you do that enough, and then you figure out you picked it up at the store, you put it in your, then you picked it up again and put it in your car, then you picked it up again and took it out of your car, then you picked it up again and mixed it. And like you're tired. Anyhow, um, what I'll do to save six hundred bucks, seven hundred bucks, like I just like doing it. It relaxes me to be a manly man. I know you're saying you are a manly man. Thank you very much. I'm a manly man. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers. We got the SP 500 down six, the Dow down 58, the Nasdaq down 10. Let's welcome into studio certified financial planner, Chad Burton. Mr. Burton is a certified financial planner with newfocusfinancial.com. Let's talk some of the basics of a 401k. I love the 401k, the 403b, the 457. Great investment vehicle for getting to retirement. But what do you put into it can be problematic for a lot of people, Chad. Yeah, I mean, that's where most of Americans save these days. So that's where the biggest part of their nest egg is and, and the least amount of help they have access to because... A lot of times, if you want to use a fee-based investment advisor, they can't go in daily and manage your 401k. Yeah, it's money that's tied up. It's not liquid. Yeah. So it's your nest egg that you're not going to have managed until you hit retirement. Um, your 401k, there's you know some basics in it. You know, large cap funds, mid cap funds, small cap funds. People have typically about 20 choices, and they look at performance and they don't know what they're looking at. 
Can you help make some of this Chinese gibberish into, you know, common sense investing ideas? Yeah, first of all, when you start picking your mutual funds, um, you know, if you're younger and you're in your 20s and 30s and you're looking for the retirement date funds, those are good for the younger people. You know, okay. if you want to, if you're thinking you're going to retire in 2040 or 2050, then pick that fund, especially if you're only doing a couple thousand a year. It'll automatically start off aggressive and then peel down over time. It'll automatically rebalance for you. But if you don't have those funds or you're older and you have a larger dollar amount that you want to be more into picking the right funds, the first thing you do is cover up the one and three-year returns. They don't mean anything. Right. In fact, usually the funds that you end up wanting to pick are the ones that have the best 10-year track record, but they've done the worst over the last three years. And the reason I say that is we've talked about the Callan Periodic Table of Investments yep. all the time where you can Google that, C-A-L-L-A-N, and um, what it shows is that asset classes tend to be the best performers for three years in a row and be one of the worst performers for the next couple of years, and then it rotates. And so you want the funds that have consistent 10-year track records, um, and the buying opportunity is when the one-year track record just looks ugly, typically. Like, for instance, right now in 2012, a lot of people like small-cap stocks because the U.S. is coming out of an, uh, a recession, mm-hmm. and it's slowly growing, and small caps are picking up some momentum. In a recession, they got hit the hardest. Um, right now, people are looking at Europe and saying this might be a problem for a couple of years. They might have recessions for a couple of years, so let's cut down our international exposure. It, it's something, in hindsight, it's really easy to look at. But it's tough to predict where you where you should put your money in the future, Chad. Yeah, and also when you look at the the, the track record, you got to make sure the manager's been there for the whole time. Right. You know, because a lot of times you get a ten year track record, and it comes from two really big stellar years where they might have done really well on Apple, um, but the rest of the time they've been mediocre. So you want good ten year track record. If you're comparing two funds, you want the one with the lower standard deviation, um, less volatility, more consistent returns. And then it really becomes a point of, you know, setting your asset allocation plan and turning on maybe the automatic rebalancer that you have on your 401k. And what that does is the automatic rebalancer will always, every quarter or six months or a year, go in and it'll sell. If you start off with an asset allocation model, maybe that's, you know, 10% uh, mid-cap, five small, 20 large, whatever it may be. If that strays and all of a sudden your your mid-cap becomes more than what you wanted, it'll automatically sell it and rebalance your overall portfolio, which is really key to long-term investing to to maintain your risk. So So, new focus financial, the 401k, mm -hmm. it does an auto rebalance? Uh, You can turn on the auto rebalancing plan for sure. recommend that, which is a good idea. Younger people, you know, maybe once a year. When you get closer to retirement, that's maybe four times a year. Okay. Because the best time to sell and rebalance is when the market's doing well and everybody thinks it's going to continue to do well, right? When everybody thinks it's going to do something, that's when the market will do something opposite. So it's it's really just peeling the house money off the table right. and redeploying it. And you and I have an interesting scenario because we're we're both in the same Generation X kind of world. We probably, our generation, the average person will work five, six, seven, eight jobs, whereas our parents, they stayed at one job their whole career. Yeah. So what do you do when you leave a company and it's like five or six 401Ks, you work for a nonprofit, so you have 403B, 457. What do you do when you have so many of these products uh, piled up? Well, it's, it's pretty easy because that's when you pick one of your favorite brokerage firms to deal with because uh, let's say you go to TD Ameritrade where you can buy thousands of different mutual funds, no-load funds, and 100 different ETFs without a trading cost, consolidate that all into one IRA so you can actually manage it and track it. So you open up the IRA account, you get the account number, and then you call the different old 401k companies that you have and process the rollovers. They send a check to you, and then you deposit it into your account. 
And also, you know, a lot of people struggle with they're older, they're 55 and older. Most of their funds are in a 401k. They need help managing it, but it's stuck in the 401k, so they can't do anything with it. Okay. But you can call and ask your company, I'm 55, am I allowed to do an in-service IRA rollover and continue to work? And a lot of times that will allow you to roll your funds over into a self-directed IRA. That way you can hire somebody to, on a fee basis to help you manage it and get it into the right spots. Wrapping up the segment, what do you think about Morningstar.com and how they can analyze your 401ks with some of their products? Um, I think Morningstar.com and Financial Engines are the you know main resources that people have available to them in their 401ks. Um, again, I wouldn't just be concentrating on picking the five-star funds because even though they've improved the, fi- the ratings for the yeah. stars, it still means you're kind of picking funds that have already rung the bell. Right. So don't be afraid of three- and four-star funds. Uh, in my portfolio right now, I own a two-star fund. It's because we know the manager, where they came from, right. and what they're investing in right now. It's interesting that you note that because when you're an amateur at this, you look at five-star funds, and you're like, that's the Cadillac of funds. That's the one I want. But there's no such thing as a six-star fund. Yeah. And Morningstar, at one point in time, in their own 401k, they had no five-star funds being offered which shows you you don't really want the five-star fund. You want the two-star that becomes the five-star. And I can't remember how many years ago they slightly changed the rating system because the five-star was kind of almost offering underperformance. Right. So it's, it's, you've got to dig deeper than just a star rating. That's good stuff. It's certified financial planner Chad Burton. He's with us daily. He's an excellent addition to the show. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. And, again, he is a certified financial planner. And I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. NHL owners and players reached a deal, saving the 2012-2013 hockey season. What took so long? Owners wanted as much as they can get. It's their money. It's their league. The players just play there. Uh, With that said, they shoot, they score. Eh, I'm a a little distaste that they did this to their fans for as long as they did. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Rob Black has a financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial. AM 1220. Member FINRA SIPC. There's something curious about this broadcast. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, business stories, public college, private college. In the end, I want you to focus on a degree that can get you employed. I want you to get into an area that you could have wage inflation. When you're younger, I don't want you to put yourself in a situation where you're going to lose financially. I think you always want to pick your spouse very carefully. And you want to pick where you live very carefully. Um, Having the ability to move is a powerful tool. A friend of mine 
is a young video editor, video shooter, camera guy, content producer. And the business that he worked for in San Francisco shut down in 2012. They offered him a job in, in L.A. because he was good at what he did. But fortunately for him, he didn't own a house. He wasn't put in a situation of, uh-oh, what do I do now? Best thing you can do is not be too cautious, but not be too aggressive. Slow things down and have a plan. Every day, I write down five to ten things that I want to accomplish. I've got to get some airline tickets. I've got to get a carpenter to do some uh, mill work for me. I've got to start working on my taxes. You know, things like that. It keeps me moving forward. At the end of the day, I could see if I was a failure. I treat every minute as if it's the last minute of my life during my day. So you tend not to find me totally goofing off. There's a time for goofing off, and I, I think it's important. I do. Um, some of the areas that I see people make just massive mistakes is they get they let their politics into their investments. Or they let their politics into their day-to-day sales operations and their day-to-day businesses. I have a friend who refuses to patronize companies whose business practices she opposes or whose owners take political stands they she dislikes. I think it's fuel standard because it's impossible to know everything you need to know to make such decisions. Like when I say, let's invest in Boeing, your first thought is, hey, they make airplanes. That's cool. But then the next thing you do is you start to uncover it a little bit more is you learn that they also make missiles. And I always respect a person's ability to want to further their personal values into their patronage of businesses. There's a guy in my hometown that I find would be a jerk, quite honestly. Uh, he runs a restaurant. He's not the best guy to his employees. He is always there, which makes his employees freaked out because he's a yeller type. I think uh, in that case, if you're going to be a yeller, if you're going to be a bad manager, hire a good manager. But you have to accept, I have to accept a lot of uncertainty. Like, it's one of the better places to grab a quick bite. It's got great parking. You know, it's, Sometimes you can't put your money where your mouth is. In a small town, you know, maybe it's possible to get to know all the businesses. But I see this a little bit too often where people, like, they get half the story right in their head and half the story they, they don't know. And what constitutes ethical and unethical conduct? Um, do you give a company demerits for outsourcing previous domestic production? Do you reduce in their container sizes? Last week I did a story about a Massachusetts town banning plastic bottle water sales. I applaud that. Now, here's what sucks. There's some gas stations that, that absolutely positively rely on people coming in and buying things like plastic bottle. And it's one of the worst things you can do financially is buy plastic bottle water. It's, you can get the same thing for pennies out of your spigot. So, I don't know. Take a look around. It's early in the year, and I think this is the time 
the year where you start looking at like, hey, what am I doing with my 529 plan for my kid? What am I doing with my uh, 401k for myself? Don't forget you could put in 17500 this year versus 17000 last year. You know, this is the time of year where you see a lot of people make bold predictions. And I think that's cute. My personal opinion is, like, try not to make bold predictions. I'd rather play the game than be right. And the way I do that is, like, for instance, Vanguard Dividend Appreciation, ticker symbol VIG. It's fractions. It's got a very modest 2.3% dividend yield. So as a dividend fund, you're like, eh, I want a little bit more. I want more money. But see, here's what the Vanguard Dividend Appreciation Fund does. It invests only in companies that have raised their dividends in each of the past 10 years. More than one-fifth of its holdings are in low-risk consumer-staple companies like Walmart. The ETF is so good that Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway recently bought more than 5% of its shares. It's returned an annualized 4%, an average of 2 percentage points better than the S&P 500 during the same period of time over the past five years. So it's going for some value and some income. And in a market where you see a slowdown in GDP, when you see a slowdown in the economy, when you see people questioning and nervous, what works is the turtle, not the hare. Now, in GDP growth of 3 4 5%, that's when growth stocks, any of them could be winners. Any of them could be winners. But in a market where things slow down and people are a little bit choosier, you want to be a little bit more on the conservative side, which doesn't make sense to a lot of people. But that's what works well. Emerging markets is another area where people get bold, predictive, powerful skills, and they like make too much of a bet. They go, I know Thailand's better than Indonesia. Or I know... Africa's going to be the next China. And I just don't play that game. I just don't make that bold prediction. There's a emerging market fund. And again, consult a broker advisor for today action on any stocks mentioned, any funds mentioned. I don't know you. I don't know your age, your assets, your liabilities, your income. But the Vanguard Morgan Stanley Country Index, ticker symbol VWO, its holdings traded just 11 times earnings for 2013. The ETF was launched in 2005. Over the last 10 years, it's had a crushing return of 15.6% on average, crushing more expensive, i.e. more costly funds to both buy and to have managed uh, in the same category. Now, this one can be bumpy. International markets are bumpier than the U.S. markets. Not always, but it seems that way. You know, in 2011, it was down 18%. Now, maybe you bought it then, and you got 18% off the all-time high, which it's recently roared back towards. So I don't quite know if I have the right answer for you, but you can see that I'm trying to teach you how to play the game. When you're younger, I think you can pass on bonds, or you go with some high-quality corporate, so you can start learning about them. Um, people who are looking for income... Anything over 6% is risky. 7% is 
twice as risky as 6%. 8% is twice as risky as 7%. Like it, it starts to become exponential. The higher search for yield you go, the more likely you're going to strike out or hurt yourself. Like I know someone who uh, bought a mortgage-backed REIT that pays 12%, but the stock dropped 15%. I was like, okay, so you got a big fat dividend, but it didn't really stick around for too long, did, did it? If you need tax-free bonds, consider the iShares S&P National AMT Free Municipal Bond. It yields a meager 1.5%, but it's equivalent to 2.2% if you're in the 35% tax bracket, because you're not paying taxes on it. You know, it's, it's again, just learn to play the game so that you're not taking too much risk, and you're not making bold predictions. Bold predictions will get you into a lot of trouble. It's not the best way to go. Bold predictions are problematic, to say the least. Now, when you're right with a bold prediction, like I own shares of Apple, I think it'll be a good year. I think it'll be a fine year. I think next year is going to be the big problem with the stock. But I think this year and next year will be good years for product, so I'm not going to like sit around and say that that commentary isn't risk-filled, because it is. I'm counting on a lot of things to continue, not blow out, just to continue. So I protect myself a little bit by cutting down on the, you know, the boldness of the expectations. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Here's a bold prediction. Your taxes are going up this year. U.S. oil production will hit a 20-year high. Whoa. Congress is throwing out the welcoming mats for all sorts of illegal immigrants. Republicans and Democrats both. They want to go after that Hispanic vote. So you're going to see more and more immigrants come to our country. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. You can follow me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. YouTube channel. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. We'll take a break here. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. So, this is the band Anna Sun. And the song is Walk the Moon. I dig it. I, I don't really know why, but I do. And that's all I have for you. It makes me happy, it's positive. It's tough not to sing along to. It brings up that the old will always be the new again. A little pop synthesizer action going on. Oh, yeah, I messed that up. It's Walk the Moon, Anna Sun is the song. Um, I got it backwards. I'm not dyslexic, but I'm becoming more and more dyslexic. Anyhow, and anyway, never let the facts get in the way of a good story. Synthesizer. I mean, back in the 80s, it got blasted as, like, the worst thing since 
the worst thing. Maybe the devil. Worst thing since the devil. Not exaggerating on you or anything, but... Anyway, um, CES is going on right now. And you really, really want to pay attention to CES, in my opinion. Just take a look. You know, get online, type in CES. Maybe you'll learn a little bit more about some of the disrupting technologies out there. HBO recently signed a deal with um, Universal. And HBO is going after Netflix long term, but more importantly, HBO is going after cable companies. The BCS bowl game tonight is on cable. It's on ESPN. No free TV. No free TV for you. I bring this up. Why? At some point in time, I think the ESPN monopoly should start to show some cracks. We pay a lot of money. Your cable bill, probably about $8 of it goes to ESPN and Disney. And your cable company, Comcast or Time Warner Cable, whoever you might have, or your universe, they would love to do more a la carte. They would love to like figure out a way to lower your overall decision-making. Single woman, watches no sports, wants to have some cable TV so she can watch the Oprah channel. I know you're saying, that's sexist. Okay, but I'm trying to set a scenario, okay? Uh, okay, no, okay. Single woman, watches no sports, no interest, wants to watch Lifetime movies. I know you're saying it's even more sexist. Okay, 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 okay. Single woman, has no interest in sports, but wants to watch Conan O'Brien. And she has to pay six, seven bucks for the ESPN channels? That's not right. So HBO at some point in time, and they're doing a test in Scandinavia right now, where they're un... Right now you can get HBO Go, and you can see all the old HBO shows, all the old HBO Sex in the Cities and Sopranos and whatever movies are playing. You have to have a cable subscription to have it on your phone, though. You have to have a cable subscription to have it on your iPad. So it's not quite pure. But they're doing a test where you don't have to. And that's pretty disrupting. That's the last thing. I mean, I hope we get there. Netflix is there. And I think we all get it. Like, some people today are happy watching reruns of Seinfeld from 10 years ago, 20 years ago. They don't need to watch current television. They don't need, to, they don't need it. So for nine ninety nine a month, you can have as much content onto your TV as you want. Just not live cable TV. Just not live news. And I'm sure there's some people who are figuring out ways to get around that. So, so that's called disrupting technology. And I think it's, it's important. Weirdest thing from CES, a 27-inch, 17-pound, $1,700 table computer. I don't get it. It's a Windows 8 table PC, table tablet, coffee table computer. It's running third-generation Core i7 processor. What I think it would be good for would be bars, maybe restaurants. You build it into the table. So when you want another drink, you don't have to go, waitress, waiter, waiter. I'll change my sexist ways at some point. You don't have to flag them down. The fact that I'm saying I've changed my sexist ways probably means I'm not sexist. I'm being sarcastic. 
So, yeah, you know, wouldn't you rather, and I'm not going to say we're going to fire the waiters and waitresses, but maybe we have more of a food runner mentality in some restaurants going down the road. You get to the table, you order your food, you order it, you wrote it in, so when it gets messed up, you don't blame the waiter or waitress, you blame the chef, if you did it right. Oh, my. Each calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. So, yeah, I like to stay in touch with the little technology. John McAfee now is going out of his way to say uh, he's hired a bunch of women to sleep with and spy on government officials. He's the ultimate spy master. This guy is so crazy. Can't wait for the movie to come out on him, but he is crazy. He said he lied to the public in the past. He went on TV and says he loves hoaxes. So you have to take everything he says with a grain of salt now. He said that he hired 23 women and six men to be his operatives. <laughs> oh, my. To be that crazy. Um, let's take a quick look at the market numbers. Let me change the topic here or move where I have to move. SP 500 down five. Dow's down 44. NASDAQ down six. Ten-year Treasury sits at 1.91. It's made a big move recently from 1.4 to 1.9. That means cheap mortgage money is going the way of the dodo bird. Gold's down another 80 cents to 16.48 an ounce. Oil sits at $92 a barrel. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Oh, um, we're in the next 60 days going to be talking a lot more about economy, a lot more about our debt spending. There was a lot of news this weekend about spending problems in the United States and versus tax problems. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Is your retirement, according to the financial experts at U.S. Who are the winners and losers on Wall Street? Visit Rob Black's YouTube channel for a fresh take on the market each weekday with Rob's Morning Market Notes. You'll also see Rob's winners and losers and find an endless stream of financial insight when you browse hundreds of Rob Black video clips. Share them with your friends. Subscribe to YouTube channel Rob Black Show or follow Rob on Twitter, handle Rob Black Show, and you won't miss a clip. That's YouTube channel Rob Black Show and Twitter, handle Rob Black Show. 100. Certain terms and conditions apply. CSLB number 935263. It's a fact. One of the first Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, feel free to call the show 800 1220. It's 800 1220. Anything you want me to talk about, feel free to call the show, 800-516-1220. Stock market, taking a little bit of a breather. It's had a huge run. When I say huge run, the end of 2012, the start of 2013, massive move. And that's created a scenario where we got a little bit ahead of ourselves. And that's fine. That's okay. We got our S&P mid 
cap index all-time highs. Our small cap index all-time highs. Our transport's been on a tear, which that's kind of one of those good leading indicators. Right now we've got the S&P 500 down six, Dow down 49, NASDAQ down seven. We've got the 10-year treasury sitting at 1.91%. That's got some people thinking that the cheap money era might be over on Wall Street. And that has the question of, last couple years my real estate's done really well. I'm happy. I'm so happy I may pack up the sugar booger and go on a vacation. Now, am I so happy that I'm going to go on a vacation to Portland, or am I going to go on a vacation to Paris? Housing's done well. Economy's done well. Now, Fannie Mae guaranteed 3% securities, which lenders use to price new loans, tumbled last week to the lowest level since September 12, the day before the Federal Reserve announced plans to add $40 billion on mortgage debt. We're now starting to have some Fed commissioners talk about taking away that punch bowl. It would be a big test if they did for the housing market. Now, they're probably not going to do it for at least a year. No one's expecting mortgages, mortgage rates to skyrocket, but we're not going to have mortgage rates at these levels forever. If you were to tell me, Rob, what's your fantasy? What's your fantasy as far as, I don't know, I'm going to keep it PG, G. What's your fantasy as far as interest rates go? I want to see the 10-year treasury around four. And if I see the 10-year treasury around four, that means that old man on the corner can go get a CD, and he's going to get better than inflation or close to better than inflation. But that also means that young couples can have to pay more for real estate on a mortgage. So I see that. I, I don't see dead people, but I see that. that. That would be ideal for me. Historically, did I ever think we'd go down to where you can get a 30-year mortgage for 3.3%? No way. I got one right now, like 3.78% or 3.87%. I'm thrilled. I don't have to have the lowest mortgage to feel happy about myself. I'm, I'm okay with myself. A lot of people will send me emails like, I'm thinking about re- refinancing. What should I do? Uh, and the answer is, be comfortable with whatever you do. Don't try to be right. Try to play the game correctly. Make sure you can afford it. So other big stories out there today, and there's plenty. Um, Hedge funds are getting squeezed. Hedge funds are underperforming the SP 500. There's a story uh, out today. Amazon surges to record high on global e-commerce growth. That's a good story. The world's largest online retailer. I bought three books from them late last night. They surged to a record high after Morgan Stanley upgraded the shares. Worldwide e-commerce sales will reach $1 trillion by 2016, up from $512 billion last year. I'm not telling you to go out and buy Amazon. I'm telling you, I think that what they do is they're one of the three most important tech companies right now. I think they're worth studying. Again, I wouldn't necessarily go out and do exactly what they do. 
I don't think you have to go out and buy the stock, but you can. They're telling you something that's working well. When their stock is doing well, it's telling you something. I don't know what it's telling you. Yeah, I do. So this is a company that doesn't make a lot of money. And they've said for 10 years, we're not in the business of making a lot of money today. We're in the business of setting up a business that will make a lot of money in our lifetime. So it's $270 stock, and the analyst has a $325 price target on it. Worldwide e-commerce sales can reach $1 trillion by 2016. I love it. I want to live in a world where I don't have cash. You know, I went to Vegas recently, won 1400 on the tables. It just relaxes me. You know, I don't care if I win or lose. But money's dirty. Ooh. I know you're saying, you're a germ freak. No, I'm not. I'm really not. Amazon's fulfillment network is underappreciated. It's a strategic asset. Companies such as Amazon.com, they've got the ability to decrease variable unit costs in exchange for fixed costs. They're going to have the opportunity to expand margins. I like shares of Amazon. It's a long-term patient investor when anything goes to heck in a handbasket. Speaking of heck in the handbasket, the L.A. Lakers are heck in a handbasket. You get some star players like Kobe Bryant and Dwight Howard. Doesn't click. On paper, it should click, right? Nah, they're both getting older. And I will tell you, as you get older, recovery time is longer. So, uh, a lot of low blows. And again, as an investor, you want to be very, very careful. Because going into this season, you would have said, you know, Lakers probably be a one or two seed. They're 11th. Lakers traded for Howard under the assumption that he had signed there after the season, but technically he could test the waters and go elsewhere if he wanted to. That would be hilarious. But again, the investment lesson there is things don't always work out the way you want them to. we got earnings season starting up tomorrow with Alcoa. And some of the things we're going to look for, me in particular, is how bad is Europe? The Eurozone continues to contract. This should lead companies to report lower revenue growth from businesses. What's the stronger dollar doing to revenues? U.S. companies should see any boost in revenues related to a weaker dollar dissipating. The dollar strengthened against the euro in 2012, taking away some of the advantage of American exporters. Another question that I have that won't get answered in this earnings season is how's China doing and other emerging markets? You know, it teaches me a lot about that is Alcoa, but also Nike. On December 20th, Nike came out with a statement saying, excluding the impacts of changes in foreign currency, Nike brand revenues rose 11% with growth in all categories, except greater China. I expect China to pick up. They got some new leadership coming in. The data recently has been picking up. Hurricane Sandy, we're going to learn how much did it affect businesses in the United States. We're also going to learn in the first quarter, as we're looking at fourth quarter numbers, did fiscal, did fiscal policy, did it slow the economy? Did it create uncertainty? Stay tuned for much, much more. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network.
1220C, you understand the gravity of what faces us, not just on the spending side, but on the debt ceiling side. After all, we're talking about the full faith and credit of the United States here. Big M, the owner of women's clothing chains, Annie Says and Mandy has followed... Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. One of the things I like to do is, is even the playing field in my head. And we're moving into earnings season. And one of the things I look at is I think financials will outperform this year. One of the reasons why is in the last 20 years, the average P.E. on a financial company was 15.8. Now it's at 12.8. Now, I see some value there. The average dividend yield was 2.1%. Now it's 2%. So not so much there. So you make arguments like that. In the last 20 years, the average P.E. for a tech company has been 26.7. Now it's 14.6. Tech's gotten older and more mature in the last 20 years, so you take that into account. But the dividend yield's been now averaged six-tenths of a percent. Now it's averaging 1.7%. So you've got an amount of dividend growth out of tech companies in the last 20 years. You can do the same thing with healthcare. 20-year average, PE's 24. Right now it's 17. In industrials, 20-year average, PE's 20. Now it's 14. In energy, 20-year average PE is 18, and now it's 11. Again, this isn't the only way you invest. You don't go, Rob Black said this. But you start building cases like this, or at least I do. Right now, you got the S&P 500 lower. We have a, a lower day. People are waiting for earnings season to start. S&P 500 is down 6. NASDAQ's down 6. The Dow's down 58. Joining me now, CFP. Chad Burton, talking top retirement planning mistakes. This is a common theme. It's something that you see on websites. It's, it's a news item, top retirement mistakes. What do, you, what do you got for us today, Mr. Burton? I think a big one is people that spend all their cash first. Cash right? first. No, okay. The concept is you've got stocks, bonds, and cash, right? Yeah, well, let's break it down a little further. You typically have your retirement accounts, your taxable accounts, and then your cash, okay. right? You hear me say all the time, you need three years worth of your portfolio draws in cash. A lot of people retire still with cash. They don't really know the rules and how you're supposed to rebalance. So they make the mistake. They go through all their cash first, and then they're afraid to tap their retirement accounts because that's 100% taxable, right? So they say, I need to let that grow tax deferred. Then they spend all of their taxable accounts because they sell their stocks and their funds um, and qualify for capital gains, which are lower than ordinary income. And then they get to age 70, 75, and their IRAs have you know, doubled in value. And now they're forced to draw money out because the minimum required distribution rule is at 70 and a half. And they lose all control of their tax bracket because they've eaten all through their cash and their other items that can qualify for lower brackets. So the IRS forces you to pull money after age 70 and a half from your IRAs. Then they get, let's say you go through, you retire at 65, your house is in good shape. 15 years later, you need a new roof on your house. So you have, you know, you've got $25,000 to pay the roofer to redo your house. $25,000 $25,000 for a roof? Yeah, yeah, big house in the Bay Area, easily. And so that means you've got to pay, you know, take out fifty grand to pay taxes, state and federal, in order to have enough net to give that person. So part of a detailed income plan saying wh- where is every dollar going to come from each month when I retire is to 
going through in the beginning and say, I'm, I'm going to make sure I don't eat through my cash. I'm going to make sure I have control over my tax bracket for the long term. And so a lot of times when we're doing tax-efficient income planning, we look to the IRA first and make sure that we're taking enough out to maximize the 15% bracket or if you're a high-income earner, the current marginal bracket so that we can maintain and level out the taxes over the long term rather than have real low taxes at the beginning and real high taxes at the end. Interesting. Like, I just don't think, I don't think like you do, and I don't think average people think like you do. That's what makes a financial planner a financial planner, right? Yeah, yeah. And you've got to remember, I started you know, over 19 years ago in the business with my grandfather, who all of his clients were in their 70s, so I dealt with these retirement issues from day one. Is it, I, wrong, is it wrong that I just want a big pot of gold in retirement that I draw upon? Like, I want gobs of money and, like, not think about the details? That is a, that's one way to go. I mean, okay. the way to go is to make sure you create enough wealth so that... You know, living off of your stock portfolio, kicking off two and a half percent dividends, is more than enough. Then, okay. hey, fine. You know, that's then. Then your income plan becomes a crossover into your estate plan. That means it's things like rather than drawing and living off of my IRA, maybe I should convert a certain amount each year to a Roth IRA, and figure out a way to leave that in trust for my kids in the correct kind of a trust, so they can continue tax-free growth over their lifetimes. Or funnel that into other types of trust to maximize my estate. It becomes a different type of scenario. It's still the same type of tax-efficient income planning, but you add the estate on top of that. Have you ever had to but, tell someone you need to move to Guatemala? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the time. I mean, there was, there was a whole bunch of people, Rob, that retired in not only in you know 1999, but also in like 2006 type of era where they were vested way too aggressively and, you know, they retired without consulting anybody. And then the big correction comes and you go say, hey, you know, you're, you're working on plan B now. First plan, try to go back to work. Second okay. plan, where are you going to sell your house and move to? Um, those types of things. Stockton? Uh, yeah, I'm talking out of state. Stockton, you might get some cheap real estate and some, you know, easy access to chicken, but you still have state income taxes. Top job in Stockton is cutting the head off chickens. Good times. That's good times. Have you, ever killed, a, have you ever killed an animal for food? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. See, I haven't. Actually, I met a, a guy who was pretty intriguing the other day, and he was teaching me about, like, he hunts. Like, he's killed 30 boars for this Alameda County, and you're like, Alameda County's got boars? And, like, so he goes up in the mountains, he kills boars, and he's like, he wants to take one of them. The state won't give it to him because he might get sick from it. I'm like, he just killed a boar. You're a man. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a fun time to do in your retirement, right? Kill boars? Oh, if I, if I were to shoot a... And he was like, I shot one and it ran up the hill and I had to go find it and put it down. Like, I would cry. Like, I'm just not th- that much of a man. But maybe, is, I will, maybe I will be in retirement. Yeah, I, I went deer hunting when I was younger a lot. And the first time you do it, it's, it's, it's kind of a surreal thing for sure. You're a deer killer? Yeah, Bambi. Specifically Bambi. That's all. CFP Chad Burke, and you can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. He's a Bambi killer at newfocusfinancial.com. And you can find me almost everywhere else. You can find me at robblack.com particularly. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Wonderbread is a stock that we could learn from or a concept that we can learn from. It's a brand of bread sold in North American stores. 
produced by Weston Bakeries. Wonder Bread is going through some ownership changes. And again, my goal is just to get you to see things. Wonder Bread is as much product as Google Android, as Intel Inside. Syndicate, it's, it's product. It's marketing. It's image. It's brand. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. This is my handle, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Wesley Hoagland, and you've heard me say this. Licensed by the Department of... Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Go back in. Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm stretching here today. Warhol tops Picasso sales. Andy Warhol has supplanted the Chinese ink painter Zhang Daqing as the world's biggest seller in auction. $380 million in sales last year. Pablo Picasso falls to number two. Rankings reflect the increasing dominance of Western post-war and contemporary works. I don't know art nearly as well as I know stocks. And then you get into the argument... How well do you know bonds? As an investor, you really, really, really need to grasp where you are. You know, uh, know who you are, know who you're not. Picasso lost his long-held reputation as the world's priciest artist at auction. The screen by Edvard Munch became the most expensive artwork at a public sale when it fetched $119 million. Previous I had been Picasso's nude green leaves and bust for $106 million. Art is all about supply and demand. And when you're dead, you can't make more. So we got the debt ceiling calendar coming up in February. We got the $110 plus billion sequester coming in February and March. And we get the government band-aids expiring March 27, 2013. Tomorrow we get Alcoa kicking off the earnings season. Guess I'm looking forward to that. One of the first employees at Facebook came out and threw down some thoughts of what he learned at Facebook in the early days. And I mostly agree with this. Execution is more important than an idea. He said Facebook wasn't a new idea, but I think we took the idea. We focused on execution, focused on quality, getting it to scale. Execution more important than an idea. He said, get comfortable giving up control. At Facebook, I went from coding to management. You have to get comfortable giving up control. And you have to find people who can do things better than you. 
But most of all, he said, focus on the long term and always do what's right to grow the company and not make short-term decisions. Now, again, this guy's a kid. Why are we taking investment advice from a kid? Or why are we taking business advice from a kid? Was it the right place at the right time, I guess, is the answer to that. So don't be shy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about today. I'll try to uh, give as good of an opinion as I can for you. You can also email me, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. couple things to talk about. MBA, some new stats on MBA pay are depressing. Getting your master's in business administration is tough work. It's expensive. Is it worth it? Typically, it's not. The MBA's lot is partly reflected in starting pay. While available, figures vary by schools and employers. Recruiters expected median salary for newly hired MBAs essentially flat between 2008 and 2011. If you don't adjust for inflation, for graduates with minimal experience, three years or less, median pay was $53,000, down 4.6% from 2007-2008. So getting an MBA is not what it used to be. Again, if you're on the prestigious MBA programs, it might work out for you. But I do want you to focus on career. Choosing the right career in your 20s, maybe from college, Helps lead to higher pay early on and more savings. You have to count on needing more than you think you're going to need. You know, I am one roof disaster away, one 72 straight hours of rain away from having to, you know, fix up my roof. So 3D is not dead yet. We learned that this weekend. That's kind of surprising. Lionsgate has another successful horror movie on its hands, Texas Chainsaw 3D. In 2003, the original remake made more money. The 2006 counterpart, it made more money than that. Throw in the 3D, and suddenly you've got some fun. Now, Lionsgate, ticker symbol LGF. Um, has a history of, of, of horror releases. Hostel, My Bloody Valentine. Hostel, whew. Not a big weekend at the box office. Les Miserables. Guy dies at the end. The girl dies in the middle. Lord of the Rings prequel, The Hobbit, to Django Unchanged. Matt Damon's fracking film. Had a very strong debut. Which brings up a big question, though, on Promised Land. How much truth, how much fiction, how much glamorization will it change the debate in America on fracking? Texas Chainsaw. I'm still amazed by that. I like Lionsgate as a long-term idea. I don't think you should go out and buy it, but I like the idea. When you take a look at it, they've got a, they've got some pretty good product pipeline. But they're going to start losing it, too, at some point. Lionsgate hit an all-time high this week. 
it's a stock that they bought some in entertainment. So they own the whole vampire franchise. The Breaking Dawn, or <laughs> excuse me, I'm making myself laugh at this point in time. Um, <clears throat> that's funny. So Lionsgate is Mad Men. Lionsgate is Walking Dead. The question is, when do they start making mistakes? They will always have those movies that they could sell to either Amazon or Netflix or whoever's willing to pay. But the horror franchise is something that's always interesting because I think we all like a good scare on occasion, right? I hope we do. But horror movies, you pay the actors and actresses almost nothing. And that's pretty attractive because teenagers will go see anything. They don't care if the movie's good or bad. Unless it's a bad Seth Rogen film, then they seem to care. Other stories to get to today is we are moving into earnings season tomorrow. Amazon's going to report. There's a big story out of U.S. banks to pay $8.5 billion to settle foreclosure missteps. Ten of the largest U.S. mortgage servicers are going to pay about $8.5 billion under agreement to end case-by-case reviews. This will let them get back into the business of making money. This is a demon known versus demon unknown. I don't care how much the money is. I want these companies to be able to put litigation behind them. Now, again, this comes down to some other things where you'll go, but, 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 you know, they did bad. They need to pay. Yeah, no doubt about it. Bank of America is at a 52-week high. On this news today, Citigroup. I think has a lot of way on the upside in the next two years. Notre Dame in Alabama, title tickets dropped 50% to $1,500. So they've dropped 50% in the last month. The average listing for the Bowl Championship Series title game at the Orange Bowl in Miami, 1496 bucks. In the week of December 1, they were 2975 so don't rush out and get a ticket is what we learn, right? I don't know. Notre Dame finished the season 12-0. Alabama 12-1. I have to imagine Alabama kills them. Alabama's a 9.5-point favorite, the largest spread for a national game since 2003. That's not something that CBS... Wait, not CBS. That's not something that ESPN's Disney, or Disney's ESPN, would be happy with. What Disney wants in ESPN is for someone to break their leg and still get in and last play and make the tackle like Rudy. Rudy was fiction. Who cares? So I can't imagine paying $3,200 to see a football game as the, the average selling price in 2011 was. That's just insane. That's too much. Too much. Now, again, you're like, you're being cheap, Robert. No, there's things that I'll spend money on. That's not one of them. You control there. It's 800 1220 It's 800-516-1220. you want to talk about what you can talk about? Let's take a quick look at what's happening on the markets and why. Today, we're seeing strength in healthcare, industrials, consumer discretionary, and telecoms. Very, very defensive-oriented. The financial select sector ETF. About XLF is starting to slip. The Federal Reserve has recently announced as a result of the independent foreclosure review that 10 banks are going to have to provide $0.3 billion in payments and $5.2 billion in other assistance to affected homeowners. 
Wells Fargo and Citigroup are down today. Bank of America is down fractionally, but did hit a 52-week high earlier in the day. All Scripts is up 2.4%. They got a upgrade on the stock to outperform. Quality Systems also moving higher today. They've got a healthcare information system that's doing very well and turning into a strategic agreement with Medline Industries. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. This is Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. What's your financial question of the day? Don't be shy. Pick up the phone and give me a call. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. This is an exciting time of the year for me. In large part, I like earnings season, particularly the first quarter of the year, as analysts start taking a look at what the year is going to look like. Markets have recently taken a, a move towards the more negative this morning. We could talk that kind of stuff or whatever you want. Federal regulators today reached an $8.5 billion settlement with 10 large financial institutions over foreclosure abuses. Settlement includes $3.3 billion in cash payments to borrowers who went through problematic foreclosures. An additional $5.2 billion will be distributed to homeowners in danger of losing their homes to foreclosure. Banks include Bank of America, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, and J.P. Morgan. Federal Reserve and Office of Comptroller of Currency are still in negotiations with some other institutions, including HSBC. In probably the story of the day, an organ man has come up with a beer made especially for dogs. This is exactly what the world needs. Daniel Keaton, who works at a microbrewery in Bend, created Dog Grog last summer. But just signed up for his first retail customer. The brew contains no alcohol, but is an organic mixture of vegetable broth, water, spent grain, and glucosamine. A six-pack of 16-ounce containers runs about $36. And this is either the sign that pigs can fly, which I still love that commercial. <coughs> can you imagine? <coughs> can you imagine? Spending $36 for dog grog for your, your dog? Brewers have just finally admitted they've run out of every single idea. They've done everything. They've done pumpkin ales. Been there, done it. So let's do one for dogs. Flu season's arrived early, and it's hit hard this year, with 41 states now reporting outbreaks. Influenza activity continues to increase across the United States, with most of the country now experiencing high levels of flu-like illness. 18 children have died this year. Please consider a flu shot. There's no flu in flu shots. You can't get the flu from flu shots. For those of you who still hold on to that because you don't like shots, stop it. A gauge in employment trends rose in December. Both current job growth may be difficult to keep up. So job growth is going to be a little bit tested. Costs for employers are going up, and when that happens, employers tend to say, you know what, let's slow this down. 
The Seahawks and the Redskins had big ratings for Fox. Fox coverage of the NFC wildcard game generated a 23.7 rating and a 39 share. Highest rated playoff matchup for the weekend. They come from behind win 24-14. The Redskins up 14-0. Probably should have pulled their quarterback. Now, again, that's what everyone's talking about right now. Because clearly, as the game wore on, his ankle got worse and worse. Or his foot, or his knee, or his whatever it was. And it stinks. It's just, everyone's sitting there today, second-guessing the Redskins coach, second-guessing the player. But that's a 25% increase over the game on Wild Card Sunday a year ago, when the Giants dominated the Falcons. So yeah, you can see how things that you do every day could turn into investments. Lowe's dropped 1.6% today. Analysts came out and cut it to sell. Home Depot also lower. Amazon.com up today. Morgan Stanley raised the stock to overweight from equal weight. Family Dollar stores inched up three tenths of a percent. They raised uh, Barclays raised their rating on the stock. Office Depot they fell two percent after the president of its North American operations said he's leaving. Staples dipped with it. Staples announced a tender offer up $750 million on 9.75% senior notes. So they're using lower interest rates to manage their debt better. The app stores recorded more than $40 billion downloads, $2 billion in the month of December alone. The app store being Apple's app store. Morgan Stanley... Their upgrade of Amazon was kind of nice. Shares hit an all-time high. And again, for those who partied like it was 1999 in dot-com era days, uh, you're kind of waking up a little differently and going, hey, the shakeout happened for sure. And if you bought an all-time high on a peak or on a spike, then shame on you, but you get the idea. Other stories of note today. We have a negative day on the markets so far. I'm not worried about day-to-day, and that's one of the things I wish I didn't have to do. I just can't figure out how not to do it. How do you do a finance show without talking about the markets? So the SP 500 is down 7.77 points. NASDAQ's down 9 points. Dow's down 74 points. Like, the Dow doesn't mean anything to me. It's an index that the Dow transports mean something to me. The Dow Industrials doesn't. HP's in the Dow Industrials, and let's face it, it's not part of what's happening in the world of computers right now. Computers are more tablets and phones, and HP's not tablets or phones. It doesn't reflect what's happening. And maybe that's why you want to pay attention to it as an index. I don't know. Not for me. You can find me online, Twitter. My handle's Rob Black Show. Find me on Facebook. My fan page is I Hate Rob Black. My, actually, my fan page is Cron4KRON4 Rob Black. My group page is I Hate Rob Black. YouTube, Rob Black Show. To get your calls in there if you want to wait, 21, 22, 23 hours, call 800 516 1220. It's 800 516 1220. Drive me an email, Rob at Rob Black.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.